Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where we read every chapter of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, and then another volume of manga and talk about it. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week, we read volume two of Sailor Moon, continuing to celebrate our one-year anniversary as a podcast. Yeah. How are you, Kevin? It's one-year anniversary time. This is never how I, I start these. Nope. I'm doing fine. This is always how I start last time, pretty much. Or actually, we just spin out of whatever dumb joke we said to start the podcast. Yep. Starting that podcast with a dumb joke is a very good idea, and I'm still very proud of it. Yep. It's so much easier to start my other two podcasts than this one, and I don't know why. I mean, we just kind of generally roll into talking about the manga in this one, but... So let's talk about My Hero Academia, number 243, off to Endeavor's Agency. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I did really like this chapter of... My hero, I just liked the boys showing up with Endeavor and him being like, all right, well, I want a Choto here. And you two are kind of basically, he was like, they come or I don't. And just all the stuff that he's going through. And then especially right at the end where they're like getting ready to fight the villain. And he's like, all right, sit back and do nothing as he's powering up. And all of them are like, what do you want us to do? What did I literally just tell you? <laughs> Uh, is Endeavor your favorite character now? Endeavor might be my favorite. Let's like beleaguered manager Endeavor. Yes. <laughs> like there's an amazing page turn reveal of him being like, hi, welcome to my agency. And then you turn the page. Like, is that what you expected me to say? It's <laughs> that so was, good. That was so amazing. Like the placement of the page is perfect. Yep. And I really like Bakugo being like, hey, you're an asshole. <laughs> um, yep. For Endeavor basically being like him. <laughs> yeah. And then. I don't remember exactly what the character flip was, but Bakugo, he's like, I hate you, but you seem all right. <laughs> yeah. And also, we get some Endeavor, like, kind of considering what effect Deku has had on his son. Yep. Which is subtle and also good. Hey, and also Hawks is here, and he's maybe behind the problem that is being caused. It's hard to tell for it sure that Endeavor is going to go stop. It's possible it also looked like he might have been just in the area reading the book and is like, oh, darn. So I don't know if he's if this guy is part of the Liberation Army or if he's just some random crazy person. And Hawks is like, well, I mean, I'm still a hero, so I have to go deal with him. So we'll see some Endeavor Hawks stuff going on. Yeah, probably. Yeah, this arc is shaping up to be really exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's just My Hero Academia, our boys are back and My Hero Academia is really, really good. So. Yeah. Spoilers for later, I felt this way about a lot of the chapters. They just, a lot of them got me really excited for what's coming next. Yeah, I think it's why it's really good. And I remember that when we were starting talking about it in that Class A versus B arc. Yeah. Just the, for whatever reason, the villain Shonen arc didn't really have that. No. Like, it's it was fine, but it's definitely not one of my favorite arcs of My Hero. And this this is shaping up, at least from the start of it, is shaping up to be a really fun ride. So speaking of fun rides, next we have One Piece chapter 955, Enma, which I really liked. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I also really liked this one. I really liked, obviously, the whole point of this chapter is Zoro gets a new sword. And I also like, because I hadn't made this connection before, that the guy who forged Zoro's cursed sword is from Wano and is, like, there with yeah. him. And he also forged this sword? Or no, rather... He he, he forged, forged Zoro's first sword. Is yes. actually what I, happened. And he also forged Enma, and he's talking about how... actually No, he didn't forge Enma. Enma and... Did. No. Enma and the other 
sword for Lord Orochi were forged by somebody else. Because he mentioned they were both for, like, because uh, he said, oh, yeah, there's the, the cursed power of Enma, which is that it forcibly takes its user's energy to use the kind of, like, Ryu key blast thing that Luffy's been working on. Because uh, he's like, test the edge on this tree. And Zoro cuts half of the mountainside, or not, like, they're on a cliff. And he cuts, like, half of the cliffside down. And his arm is all shriveled and black. It's, like, black because it's imbued with hockey. And he's like, hey, give that back, <laughs> talking to the sword. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and we get, like, a bunch of Zoro trading. And I'm pretty sure it's, like, he says the Wole Dimachi, which is Zoro's original sword. It was forged by the same guy who forged yes. Enma and... Uh, the sword, that's name I didn't write down, that is Enma's partner, that was given to Ryanosuke. Yeah, they, they were f- made by the same people, but okay. this guy just is the one who made the cursed sword. Gotcha. Because okay. he also has, he's got a couple that are in different grades, but he was like, oh, I forged that one, like, I forged that blade. But gotcha. he didn't He didn't forge Zoro's first one or any or, okay. or Enma and the other one. We're on the same page. I think I might have misspoke, but I, okay. I knew what was going on. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense now. Yeah, also, Luffy did a Goku, and he trained so hard he passed out. Yep. Luckily, some time passes after that. I thought he was going to go full Goku, and he was not going to be at the start of the fight because he was sleeping. Yes. But some more time passes. There's a good joke with Frankie where he's like, I want these our sh- have enough ships to hold 100,000 men right after they're talking about their plans, and they have 40,000 men. And they're like, I thought it was like 4,000. Like it, it, was... might, it might be. It's not that many. And they're like, we, we can't carry that many. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Or rather, we don't. We won't have that many to carry. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, "I don't care." And then we have. Uh, I really like the shot of Luffy has figured out the technique because he punches at a tree, and without touching it, the tree explodes. I also really like before that we see one of him exploding a tree, and he's like, "Oh, nope, didn't do it right that time." Well, yeah, because he he yeah. punch it like yeah. he actually hits that tree, causing but it to. Explode. I do like the onlookers yes. that are like, "What?" That's- yeah. Failure? Yeah, he was like, ha, damn, I failed. And everyone's like, uh. But the tree exploded. Yep. And then I did really like the ending. So this chapter was the ending of Act 2 of the Wano arc. Yeah, remember it, that like stage play aesthetic it used yes. to have? Well, I, I, I say it still occasionally creeps in. But Yep. I just, I, I really liked that. That was kind of cool. So they had somebody playing off the end of the arc as the curtains close and a sign says end of act two. Yeah, it was a good bit. It's just really good Zoro stuff in this chapter. Some good Ryunosuke, some good Luffy being a Goku. Yep. Really, really liked it. Which brings us to the Promised Neverland chapter 150, Vow of 700 Years, which unfortunately I did not like as much. I... I didn't like it as much as One Piece. I really liked the panel, or I guess the two pages of the queen cutting up Gielan. It's well drawn. I can't take that away from it. I just, I really like that page reveal of her. It like shows her hand kind of like blurry. And then you flip the page and Gielan's like in cubes, but he's still in his normal form, but he's been like slowly separated. And her hand is just this giant blur. Like she just sliced him to ribbons. I just have the same problem I've had with Promise Neverland all the time lately, which is I don't really care about these characters. And we just did all this backstory stuff for Galen to the point where he was starting to become a focal enough character that if he continued on, I could have liked him. But now yeah. he's dead. Also, the Suicider Bombers, they did nothing. Yeah. And so, like I said, I didn't like Promise Neverland as much as some of the other ones, but just that those two panels looked really cool. And I was like, that... 
is such a cool shot that kind of drove it up above some of the other chapters. I gotcha. Visuals are important to manga, it turns out. Yep. See Demon Slayer. Yep. And we also have the baghead dude. Yeah, uh, I call him Zazu? Frankenstein. Zazu, that is his name. I, I was like him Frankenstein in my notes. I, at I first, I was thinking Zabuza. I was like, no, that's the Naruto villain. But he shows up at the end to fight the queen. And I'm like, all right, I'm kind of interested to see what this guy can do. Because like we know they're superhuman, but we don't know anything about their powers. I am also interested to see where this goes. But like I found this chapter was completely cold. I'm yeah. like, I, w- I do want to read the next one, but I didn't really need this one. Yeah. Which brings us to Act Age Scene 81, Team A, which is another f- chapter I'm kind of cold on. It ended up ranking pretty high. I might actually lower it because the more I think about it, the less I kind of like this chapter. Where were you with it, Kevin? I really liked, again, I really liked the setup. I think the cliffhanger for this was really good. It like really has me interested in what the next chapter is going to be. But overall, I I, I did still really like this one. So it's basically just setting up that the director is going to perform a trick on Kay to get her perfectly into character, and she's going to use the rest of the cast to do it. Like, she's going to force, probably force her into some emotional state. Yeah, they're talking about how she used it to, like, the play for the writer, slash who is also the director, yep. was about getting her feelings of anger towards a man out. Yeah. So it's almost certainly going to be related to Kay's father in some way. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea, but again, the more I think about it, it's also just played very, like I said, I have this love-hate relationship with the way Act Age treats acting and like the air quotes dangers of it. Not to say that stuff's not real, but when it's exaggerated to a shonen level, sometimes I love it and sometimes I don't. Yeah. And And this this hit the don't love it. Yeah. And I I typically tend to really like it. I think it's... It's kind of like Food Wars, where yeah, it's like no, taking cooking to that ridiculous level. I'm like, it's so interesting seeing a thing where acting is like, oh, no, she might lose herself. And so, like I said, sometimes I love it, and sometimes I yep. I don't. And this was just a, I don't. And it just seems like a really crappy thing for the director to do, which also I think is the way the story wants you to feel about it. But then all well, the other actors are going along with it. Honestly, it even sounds like the director is kind of like not okay with it, like... I realize that I'm doing the asshole thing here, but I really want this to succeed kind of thing. And so we're going to, and it just had me think of the scene in Die Hard where they drop, what's his name, off the building. And they <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't. The, the way that it was filmed was that they told him, they didn't tell him he wasn't going to drop. They told him they were going to do it on three. Yes. And they dropped him on one. Yep. So that look on Alan Rickman, R.I.P. Yes face is 100% legitimate. Yes. I take a lot less joy in that since his unfortunate passing, which is just a sadness to me. But while he was alive, every time I saw that scene, I thought of that. And I am a person who watches Die Hard every Christmas. Yes. But I mean, like directors do that sometimes with their actors. They don't tell th- they don't tell them things. They kind of like build up this kind of fake thing to get a real reaction out of people. And so yeah, it's kind of like the director for the play realizing, listen, I know this is kind of a dickhole move, but I really think this will make it all come together. And especially because now Kay has her kind of like friends back set that she can, all right, after the play is done, she can go hang out with her friends and like return to normal and everything will be fine. But for the play, we're going to do this and I'm going to need all your help. And it just had me really interested. So that brings us to Demon Slayer chapter 174, Nightmare on the Night of a Red Moon. And I was closer to write about that last panel you were. than he you. Did, he did fire the shot, 
which I had missed, and he attempted to deflect the bullets, but they curved around his blade, hitting him anyway. Yeah, and once you get that explanation, the like motion on the bullet in the panel in the last chapter makes sense. Makes a lot more sense. Yep. But the, absolutely neither of us thought that was even a possibility. Yep. Last chapter. So I, I still think it worked as a cliffhanger because it really had me going, so what actually happened? Like, I was confused by it, but it wasn't so bad that I was like, this is dumb. It was more like, I really need to see what they do next week. And so with it starting him explaining how it worked, I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like I said, last week, my problem wasn't like, oh, this is awful. It's just, it's so uncharacteristic yeah. for Demon Slayer. Like, we're going to talk about Sailor Moon later. Sailor Moon's action is so quick, and it's almost dreamlike yeah. in the way stuff passes on. And I think it really works for Sailor Moon, but that's not how Demon Slayer typically works. No. It seemed really weird. But anyway, the bullet curves back into him, even though he tries to deflect it. And most of the chapter is that Demon Slayer thing where it's from this character's perspective, probably shortly before his death. Yeah, he, that's happened might, with most of the major villains now that I think about it. He is not, like, a killing blow hasn't been landed on him, which is often when this happens. So he might survive this, I think, just to it's possible. twist the expectations. But he is flashing back to the last time he thought he was going to die, which was when he met his younger brother as an old man who did not become a demon. Yep. And after they did, like, the passing swordsman flash thing, and he was certain his brother was going to kill him. But then his brother died of old age yep. before he could land the final blow. Well, and also we find out that his both him and his brother were mark holders. And so he became a demon so that he wouldn't die. But his brother somehow managed to live into like his 80s. And he was like, even though my brother was like 80 and I was a demon and all this stuff, he was he kicked my ass. Like his swordsmanship was perfect. And really it was like, oh, I was expecting the counterstroke to kill me. Because like the first the first strike almost did it, and the counterstroke definitely would, but it never came. Uh, I thought it was really cool, and it is like it's kind of the this is the hint that Demon Slayer has been like, hey, this conflict's about to be done. <laughs> At least this specific one. Yeah, and that leads us to Mission Yozak Yozakura family. I didn't put the K in it. I know it was Yozakura, and I'm like, why is there no K in it? Mission Yozakura family mission four: recovering the ring. Which is not quite to the heights of chapter two, but it is what I liked. Yep. If I like just every even chapter of Mission this Yozakura. Yozakura family as much as this, I will enjoy this series, I think. This one's just about a dick substitute teacher who's taking all the kids' personal effects. Yep, only it now sounds like they were a plant to try and get information on the mansion, the Yozakura mansion. Yeah, because we find out apparently that the wedding rings they have have coded information in them. I don't think she was a plant. I think she was a dupe. It's possible she was a dupe, but she still might have been a plant because she stole like she was being strict and stealing a bunch of stuff. But then she stole the ring and even the girl that I can't remember her name now. Even she was like, but it's not against the rules. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff she was taking wasn't. I. Just we see her reacting to things when she thinks she's in private, which makes me think that she's not in on the plan. Totally possible. Anyway, but the main character, whose name I can't remember. Neither can I. He's a ninja now, and his wife's even like, hey, you need to pretend not to be awesome because people are noticing like you just walking around normally now. You're like super coordinated and stuff. And you don't make any noise, so you're like 
people turn around and suddenly see you because you're not actively trying to hide your presence, but you're just walking around not making noise, so it scares the crap out of them. So yeah, you need to act more like a goofball so people know that. We also get some flashbacks to why she likes him, which is, you know, some pretty typical shut-in stuff. Yep. It, nothing really special happened, just the jokes landed a lot better. Yeah, I'm still really liking Mission Yozakura family, so. I, I still think it's perfectly acceptable. Yep. Which brings us to Samurai 8, Chapter 18, Always Shop Responsibly, which is a good title yep. for this chapter. What did you think of the chapter, Kevin? I thought it was pretty good. I think it kind of failed to be as good as some of the other chapters. Yeah, I definitely agree. So it's like, I enjoyed it. I liked the joke. So we find out that Hachimaru had gotten a gift for Anne. He was like, hey, I'm going to get, or I got her a bolt of cloth because she tore her, um, like, obi or some part of her outfit when his dad was bleeding out. And he was like, and you've just been wearing it torn like that. So I figured I'd get you some cloth, some nice looking cloth, and you could, like, remake your, or, you know, help remake your outfit. And I was like, oh, that was really nice and thoughtful. But he bought something that was 17 million yen instead of 1,700 yen. Yes, and spent all of Daruma's money on it. Yes. So that the police came after them because he could not afford a drink that he bought later yep. and was going to overdraft. Meanwhile, Daruma is fighting the two samurai from last time while he is, like, on his cell phone trying to figure out how why he's overdrafting yes well because in the middle of the fight they call and it's like hey you've uh you've overdrafted please park your ship the authorities will be here and he's like what i should have plenty of funds and it's only the one samurai the the other guy just seems to be a normal dude i think that's true and he's like hanging it's an aerial battle and he's like hanging on to the samurai while they fly around yeah the joke really, really lands, but the action's just kind of, eh, there's no real yeah. stakes to it. Like I said, these two villains don't do a whole lot for me. No. Not that they're going to be villains for long, because the chapter ends with them kind of being like, oh man, you're really strong. Hey, we have this plan to enter a tournament. Do you want to go do a tournament arc? Yep. He's like, yeah, I have a young apprentice who could use a tournament arc. Yep. And oh. also, also oh. it sounds like the person running is one of the key people we're looking for. Yep. So. And in order to meet him, you have to win the tournament. Like, hmm, everything seems to be working out flawlessly. <laughs> Time to go do a tournament arc. Yeah. So, like I said, it was a pretty good chapter. It just, a lot of the other chapters ended up being better. So, I think it, it ranked lower on my list than Samurai has been the past couple of weeks simply because I was like, that was good, but just the other ones were real good. Yeah, I had a very similar opinion, which we'll get to when we get to Jump Card. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, we have to talk about Mitama Security Busters one more time, Kevin. Yeah. I didn't even write down what the chapter's called. I have one, jo one joke. It's not even a joke. It's a note. I have one okay. note, which is just bad cook joke. Yeah. Uh, the girl's a bad cook. She yep. attracts a Gourmet demon. Spirit. There's spirits. Spirits. So, Mitama's food wars at, at it. With his spirit Hadoken ball, he, like, cooks that into spirit rice, and the gourmand is like, ah, it's, it's okay. Or he's like, it's pretty good, and then leaves. And it's like, I I just, I don't care. No, not I don't want to read it anymore. Please Listen be done. Chant. So we have to talk about what we're going to replace Last Sayuki with. Not in our heart, because nothing can replace it in our heart. Yes. But that we're going to talk about every week. Definitely not Mitama Security Busters. No. I don't really want to do Mission Yuzakura Family either. You can convince me. I, 
like I have been enjoying it. I think now that we're hopefully done with adding a bunch of new series, it can maybe be one of the ones that we vote on to talk about if I particularly like the chapter. Yeah. Just like we always have. I think we should do Hell's Paradise. I'd also be open to Black Clover, but Hell's Paradise, I think, is the one we're both really liking. It's in a good spot right now. Do you have any preference on that? Is there another one you wanted to nominate? No, Hell's Paradise actually seems perfectly fine. I just realized I was looking at my list and I have one piece on there twice. So... <laughs> They're right next to each other, too, so I'm really confused how that happened. Number one and number two this week. One piece. It wasn't that good, Kevin. No, it wasn't that good. But yeah, I'd be down with Hell's Paradise. I am I still need to get caught up. Like I said, I'm like 20, I think I'm 20 chapters in, and this would give me more of an excuse to get caught up. But I've been out for talking about Hell's Paradise. It's been pretty cool doing with this stuff, and I actually really liked the chapter this week. Yeah, me too. So next week, we'll talk about it. Sure. Before we get to Jump Card, though, we have at least one more. We have exactly one more. We have one more series to talk about, which is We Never Learn Question 127. The X's face the fateful morning, fresh and pure. Yeah, so this is a chapter that happens. <laughs> I mean, we find out some kind of interesting stuff at the beginning, and there's some good harem anime stuff. But then it does go all Korean drama at the end. Yeah. So... We find out that the principal was friends with Yugi's dad, and Yugi's dad was like, hey, my son should go to your school because he's a bit soft. and He needs, needs you to toughen him up. Yeah. And the principal's like, yeah, I expected you to just get Ogata and uh, Furuhashi to just do what they were good at. And I thought maybe they would listen to a, one a, of their peers yep. more than one of their teachers. And you didn't. You did like a way better job, and I didn't expect that. So good job. He's like, ah, oh, no, nah, I didn't do anything. I just encouraged them. They're the amazing ones, and they're all there to overhear him. Yep. And then they go full, like, doting harem on him on the yes. walk home, yeah. which is very cute. And I like the mom that's like, oh, I remember when I have to fight for your father's attention like that. And the kid's it's like, very good. hey, it's look, like, they're playing the hugging game or something like that. It's a very good, like, random joke of yes. this random passerby. Like, I remember when I was in a harem, my anime. Yeah, it was very good. I was the first girl, so I won. <laughs> but then it comes time to do the test. There's some cute stuff of... It's like a montage of them, like, through the remaining, like, week or so before the exams. Yeah, there's a cute bit with Kirisu Sensei, like, spying on them. Yep. But like she's like, oh no, if I like told them good luck, they think I'd be as being sarcastic, so I can't like actually go support them. Yep. And then Konami Senpai is like, why don't you just go talk to him? Because she ends up sneaking up behind her. Yeah. And Yugi is on the way, he gets his pencil case from his sister, but then he sees a lost dog. He's like, Oh, I have to save this lost dog. No, he sees a dog that's almost gonna be hit by a truck. That's true. I mean it is a lost dog. It's a lost dog, but it's like wearing a leash, so clearly like it's you know, it's lost, but it's not like, oh, it's been lost That's for a straight. while. Yeah. So he's like, oh, we got to get you to where you belong. Uh, and then he slips in the snow because it's snowing because it's pure and white. And, and it's January. January. Pure white January. That's what they call it, right? But then he slips and he fall and he can't get up. Yep. He fell down a set of stairs because he, he like went to go brace himself on the railing, slipped on the ground. His hand slipped on the railing and he fell down the stairs. So then we cut to the girls being like, all right, it's finally here. Are you guys ready? And Urarak is even there because she's not taking the national exam because she's going to be leaving for America. She's just there to support him. She's Yeah, she's there to support him. 
And they're like, huh, Yugi is in here. That's kind of weird. And then we just cut to a scene of Yugi collapse at the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, like this is about to be a Batman story <sighs> where he has to solve the murder. Yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe a ghost will save him. <laughs> maybe. I really like this chapter. I really like the I did too. The it's very dramatic, especially for We Never Learn. And yep. the beginning's really cute. Yep. So I definitely liked it as well. But that does it for this week's chapters. Now all we have to do is rank them in Jump Card. Jump card is a segment where we rank everything we read this week from best to worst, other way around, from worst to best. We start at the bottom and work our way up. 19 chapters this week, which is not yep. as many as we have, but it's a lot. So, Kevin, what Mitama security do you have at the bottom? It's actually not at the bottom. Oh, it's not? Nope. It's Tokyo Shinobi Squad this really? week. Really? I put Mitama security bef- below Tokyo Shinobi this week. I, I They're liter- both very bad. They're horrible. I just, I was like, the, there wasn't even like any tension in the fight in Tokyo Shinobi Squad. It's like, all right, so you guys were you're actually you're in the tuning exams right yes. now. Yes, it turns and, out. Yeah, this mission Surprise tuning exams. Yeah, surprise tuning exams. You're actually, you know, just like everything else. All right, so you you met the meeting and you're getting your ranking only the test isn't actually over yet. So surprise tuning exams and the guy's explaining that he's an examiner and he's like, all right, well, there's a couple of different paths, but now you're on this one and there's a team before you and you have to go to the cyborg fights. It's like, all right, cool. So they have to fight these two cyborgs, and they like instantly wallop them after they spend a bunch of time talking about how, well, it's not actually going to be a cakewalk. And then it, it is a cakewalk, and it's like, oh. Well, to be fair, they're like, oh, we can two-on-one these bros. Oh, no, we have to two-on-two them. Yeah. But it'll be easy if we two-on-two them. Yeah, but I was just sitting here the whole time, so I was like, so they're all cyborgs, right? And they even mentioned that they released a gag order so that they can use their nimpo. Yeah, that was the I thing was that like, really bothered me. I'm like, oh yeah, this entire stadium of people is going to respect this gag order Yeah, about this cool fight they saw with a lightning man. Yeah, well, so that that bothered me. I was like, I mean, I could understand that they were like, you're going to have to go fight two cyborg fighters, not in the ring, like on the main stage, but you're going to have to fight two of the cyborg fighters. But then I was like, so Jin has the power of like magnets electricity. So it's like, we're cyborgs and you can't move. I win. It, like, that's not what happens, but that's just what I was expecting to happen. Like, well, he's like, he's a thunder, you know. To be fair, Jin was going to set it out. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not good. The thing is, Mitama's security was just a really, really hackneyed joke. It was. It was very stupid. And like, whereas at least Tokyo Shinobi Squad had a cool punch. I didn't think it was that cool either. I mean, uh, fair enough. That, and so, either way, they were both at the bottom. I put Tokyo Shinobi at the bottom this time, but they were both equally gar- or equally garbage. Yeah, I agree. I just put Tokyo Shinobi above me, Thomas Security. Yep. So what do you have at 17? At 17, I have Beast Children, because I don't care what's happening in this chapter. Oh, I put... I didn't actually put Beast Children that much higher. I cared a little more. There was one line, and I don't remember what it is, because I didn't write it down, but there was one line I really liked. I do like the like 
using the shadow to hide their super fast little guy. I like that idea. Uh, yeah, that was... I mean, it's basically that fight in Naruto where Sasuke does the shuriken, but yep. but it's in rugby. It's it's not bad. Yeah. At number seventeen, I put double Taisei because like the Haga stuff reveal, like it just that was an interesting setup, and I just didn't like the reveal at all. Like yeah. it kind of just removes all that tension from it. It's my number sixteen, and I think part of the problem was it was like so we had this like Haga reveal, and so Haga ends up revealing himself to say. Because the time clicks over, even though it's 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 really stupid where he's like, I'm wearing a Haga mask and it's like clearly a mask of his face and it's the same guy's name and he takes the mask off and at the end of the chapter, which is kind of what pissed me off. It's Ty going, hey, you're the guy that pushed Say down the stairs, even though they had all this reconciliation. I was like, so you just like literally undid everything you did in the previous chapter. Not that I liked the reconciliation either. Yeah, it was more for me. It was more like diffusing all the tension because it turns out Haga didn't do anything which yeah. I mean is fine as a resolution but it doesn't seem well and it's kind of this throwaway line of say being like oh man uh, you actually ended up saving my life because if you hadn't been there when I slipped and fell down the stairs I might have died because you like you called the ambulance yeah which is like fine as a thing that happened I just think the reveal is not yeah very it, strong. It, it felt very throwaway like Oh man, don't worry. You didn't actually push me down. I slipped and fell, and you actually saved my life. Let's go play shogi. Okay, and th that's it. I was like, I, I wanted something to do with that. Like Haga has literally he like wrapped himself up in this coffin thing because he was so depressed about the thought. Because even he couldn't remember. Did I push him? Did he fall down? What happened? Yeah. And it's just like, nah. Don't worry. It's resolved. <sighs> okay. I put Promise Neverland at number 16, because I just really didn't think it was anything this week. We already talked about that. Yeah. It's considerably higher on mine just because of that one panel. Or, I guess, two pages. I have Chainsaw Man at number 15. I, I get it. The joke landed for me this time. It's the same joke as always. It's just being pure id. It's not particularly, like, yeah. inventive. It worked for me, though. It, it's, it's, not, like, it's actually not that I didn't like chainsaw man it's just i thought a lot of the other chapters quote unquote stepped up yeah it was like, a pretty good a, week uh yeah a bunch of the stuff was really good but even some of the like mid-range or lower range series that i typically read or that we've been i consider the mid or low end of the series that we read i felt did a lot better than chainsaw man i was like all right so this this is pretty good you know it like you said it was that pure id moment of like oh let's let's have a uh what did they call it? Uh, he's like, then she's like, I'm going to hold a tournament. Oh, yes. He's like, he's like, hey, suit guy, do you want to be in my tournament? He's like, what? He's like, I'm going to kick this. Whoever can kick this guy in the balls and make him scream the loudest wins. He's like, that's not going to bring Captain Eyepatch back. He's like, no. What do I get if I win? Yes. <laughs> as he's looking at, as he's looking at the cigarette that yeah, her ghost I, gave I him. I really like that beat. Yes. So I, would, I would actually put Chainsaw Man like in the list of chapters I thought stepped up personally. No, and, and it did. I just think it didn't step up as much as some of the other ones. Fair. I have Beast Children at number 15. We already talked about it. Yep. I like the gimmick there. I have Haikyuu at number 14. I I really liked the beat on this. I just kind of wish I had a bit more background to yeah, it. Yeah, same with me. I really like the idea. It's a cool, like, it's the sort of thing you don't really see in a long-running series like this. You can sometimes. It's not totally unique. But it is the main character kind of getting defeated by things almost out of his control. Yeah, like it turns out he has a fever and he gets taken out of the game because they're like, hey, man, 
there's going to be other games you need to not kill yourself which was something I thought that was like I really liked the beat I'm like I really wish I knew this character more because this probably would have had a lot more impact yeah I agree but like the entire chapter and spending an entire chapter on it I think really worked oh yeah it was super solid like I can even though we kind of harp on it because I'm not a sports fan nor do I particularly like the art style of Haikyuu like it's been running for 300 chapters it's it's a big deal. So, yeah. like, I understand why it got this far, and it just kind of sucks jumping in. It'd be the similar thing jumping into chapter, like, 500 of One Piece. You're like, I have no idea who these people are, what's going on. Yeah. Who's this weird crocodile man? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 14, and I'm trying to remember what went on in that. I suspect you have it higher, because I think it explains a, a bunch of, like, stuff in the modern time. Like, not It's, it's kind of sets ton. some stuff up. It it does. So it's a little bit, it's more power explanation of Gojo's powers. And so he's talking about like, so yeah, I've got the red repulse ability, the blue attract ability, but like my family. And so they're talking about like jujitsu sorcerers, like family bloodlines, people kind of start to understand what the techniques are like. And it's kind of similar to Naruto. Like, oh, it's one of the Uchiha clan. Like this is what their ability is because it's been everyone has the same ability so eventually everyone's like all right so this is what your ability does but then he kind of reveals we've actually got a secret ability that barely anybody knows about that <laughs> i finally figured out yeah like not everyone in my family can do it and i finally managed to do it and i'm super happy yeah I, it was mostly just a fight i didn't really get any big emotional impact from it personally yeah so. it, i did kind of like the when he beat the guy, he was like, hey, my kid's going to be bought out by this family. Do whatever you want with him. But but he's like, by your family. Yes. And I liked that bit, too. And that's what I was saying about it kind of setting up stuff. Yeah. But yep. other than that, I didn't think too much of it. And like we said, a lot of stuff was better than normal this week. Yep. Yeah. My number 13 was Yui Kamiyo. I did kind of like this one. I liked the Pokedex ending of this, where it was like giving all of the stats of the violinist girl when Kito finally managed to acquire her. Yeah, well, uh, but I also like that. And then it's like, Kito, three broken ribs, yes. black and blue all over, winner. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, perfectly pristine. Yeah, because she didn't take any damage. <laughs> and, and it was just kind of funny of like, yeah, she beat the crap out of him, but he won. O okay. He's a shonen-ish protagonist. I guess he's in Shonen Jump. He is, by definition, a shonen protagonist. Yes. I put it a bit higher, like normal. I have Haikyuu at 13, though. Gotcha. For basically the same reasons yep. you have it there. Or around there, I should say. Yeah. I had Jujutsu Kaisen at number 12, and I said what I wanted to say about it when we were talking about where you placed it. Yeah, I put Act Age at number 12, just because, like I said, it didn't. It left me a little colder than normal. Mm. I still liked it, Yep. and I'm still excited to see where it's going, but everything above it I think I liked a little more. Yep. I had Black Clover at number 11, so this is kind of just... I mean, it's just a gag, really, right? Yeah. It's a pretty good gag. I think it went on a little bit too long. I that's think that, fair. That's why it went down a little bit. I was like, oh, it was a funny gag, but it was like seven pages. Not not quite that much, but I think it was like five pages of her running away and being like, all right, you, you took it a little far there. Like, I, I still thought it was pretty funny and I enjoyed it, but j just a little bit too long. I don't know. The facial expressions were really good. No, they, they were great. Like, I really liked it. Like I said, I liked the gag. I think it just went on a little bit too long. Like, I think Fair. it would have been fine in the anime, but, like, they put so much into the manga. Like, can you imagine this gag running for 10 minutes in the anime? 
Unfortunately, yes. I haven't seen that much of Black Clover recently. I hear it got better. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and rewatch it. It's back. I've got I've got it up at the top of my list to try and be like, all right, at some point I should start. Like I'm I'm apparently at episode ten, so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna suffer through it and just watch Black Clover, and apparently it gets better, and we'll just see how it goes. I have Chainsaw Man at eleven. Like I said, I like the joke. I like the main bit of it. I, in contrast to some of the chapters we were talking about earlier, though, the ending doesn't have me excited at all. Yeah. I have Mission Yozakura Family at number 10. So do I. It, I I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was solid. I This had a, a fairly decent cliffhanger as well with, uh, oh, somebody's trying to break into the mansion. This is pretty cool. Like, this is probably going to be, you know, the villain of the first arc, at least. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, this is pretty good, but it had to compete with a lot of other really good stuff this week. So number nine is Dr. Stone. I put Dr. Stone pretty high this week. I, I, I really like really, it. was predictable. I really struggled with basically the top half of my list gotcha. of where to put stuff because I felt like a lot of them had excellent cliffhangers or endings to the chapter. And I was just like, man, where do I put any of this stuff? Like, I really enjoyed the moment of Kohaku petrifying herself and Ginryu because it's like, oh no, your wounds are too serious. The only way to save you is to petrify you and then unpetrify you and use the like unpetrification processes healing abilities to keep you alive. Yeah, I as soon as he was like in her arms, I figured that's what she was going to do. Yeah. But also it did work really well. Yeah. It was super solid. I like the cool infinity circuit looking thing because we get to see what the petrification weapon looks like. And it's a like a Mobius strip of technology that just looked really cool. And then it was also kind of silly where it's like it's this cool Mobius strip tied with a rope (laughs) that she throws. And it's like, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) I have Black Clover at number nine. I think I just like the joke more than you is basically what it comes down to. I have Demon Slayer number eight. I did like the kind of like, yeah, here's the here's the answer to your confusion last week and the cool backstory bits of the Upper Moon one and the art was pretty good, too. But it was just kind of like, all right, so we're getting into the here's the villain's backstory right as they're about to die. I have you Camille at number eight. I think I talked most about what I want to talk about when we talked about it earlier. Man, that was a sentence. But I like it. I'm really curious to see where we're going with it. Listen, it, it went fairly high up for me. It wasn't yeah, at the bottom of the list. I noticed that. So I have Samurai 8 at number 7. So do I. It was... Fine. It, it was fine. Yeah. It was like, there was a funny bit. I really liked that Hachimaru like, had the character th- beat of like, I should get Anne a gift. Yeah. Hey, here's actually, like, that was actually a really thoughtful gift. Not the fact that he spent 17 million yen on it. But like, but, he thought, like, what should I get her? Oh, wh- this. Yeah. It was like, oh, she kind of like tore her, her, she tore her outfit and she hasn't like fixed it. So I'll get her some new cloth and like, we can make something new for her. It's like, oh, that's really cute and really sweet. And of course he has no idea of the concept of money. He's been locked in a room for 18 years or however old 15 years probably however old he is like he hasn't bought anything ever i also like the like taking a debit card phone bank call in the middle of your shonen anime fight yes pretty decent joke i'm sorry sir your card has been overcharged my what and like as he's fighting he's like what happened (laughs) i have plenty of money (laughs) hold on guys i need to take this it's the bank (laughs) so i had the promise neverland at number six like I said, it was really just that. Ten full places above where I put it. Yes. 
it that I really liked that panel of Gila getting cut up. I, I guess it was two panels because it was a page flip of, all right, here's the full page thing of like him just about to get her and then him just cut up in ribbons. And then I'm really, I'm like, all right, cool. We're finally, we're finally done with the demon side arc because Gielan's dead and all of his retainers are dead. Now we're going to see the cool superhumans that Norman has recruited and see what they get to do. I put We Never Learn at Six. Very, very cute. Very good. And I am intrigued by where we're going with this, but also mostly a beat chapter. Yeah. I have Hell's Paradise at number five. I think this was super solid Hell's Paradise. This is another one of the beats where we've had a character die. At least I'm I'm pretty sure she died. Yeah, she. I, it, it, I'm also ninety percent sure yeah, she died. I ninety percent is a good percentage of I. I really liked her death. I'm like I barely know this chick because like I, I haven't really touched upon her in the first twenty or so chapters. Like she hasn't met back up with a group yet, so I'm really interested to read more into it. But. I thought it was really cool. I liked that she was wearing this kind of like second skin thing to hide the fact that she's like covered in scars and also kind of the sadness of like, I'm going to die like I do everything else alone. Yeah. And she just like die. She's like, oh, don't worry. Just give me a second to rest. I'll catch up with you. And then just dies. Like it was just, it was a very good beat. I also, you completely 180 that really like the kind of joke where He's like, hey, are you sure you're okay? And she's like, hey, wouldn't your wife get jealous? He's like, no, she's not that petty. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I have Dr. Stone at number five. And again, we talked about it. Yep. I just thought the moment was really effective. Yeah. I I had a really hard time ranking a bunch of this stuff up here. Uh, so I had Act Agent number four. Like I said, when we were talking about the chapter, I really liked the director's kind of like, all right, we're going to trick K into becoming awesome for this role. So we're like, we're going to pull a dirty move on her. But I'm going to need your help to make sure that because I'm pulling this trick that it works. Because if it doesn't, then we're the worst assholes ever. <laughs> I have a Hell's Paradise at four. Same reasons as you. Yep. Just a little higher. So I actually have one piece at number three. Okay. I still really liked this. I think it was just the fact that it was like, and this is the end of act two. I was like, oh, I like I realize I'm I'm going to we're going to keep getting one piece. But it was just the the weird little bit. I really like the the stuff with Enma. Or the sword Enma, but I think the I liked the other two chapters ahead of this more. I have My Hero Academia at number three, and it was very hard for me to do my entire top five, but especially the top three. Yep, I really waffled on that end of her page flip is incredibly good. Yeah, and almost got it to number one, but it is just like set up for the arc, and I'm super excited for it. Don't get me wrong, and I love the end of her being like when it showed it to come, but I guess you guys could be here too. Yes. <laughs> I want to have cool father-son time, but whatever. I'm trying to be a better person, so I guess you guys could be here. Yeah, it's my number two. Just like you said, I I just really liked the Endeavor bits in there, and I just really enjoyed it. So, I have Demon Slayer at number two. I just thought it was really effective with the younger brother, like in that old moment, and like yeah. the fear of death thing. I just thought it all really worked. Yep. So, my number one was We Never Learn. I... Really liked the cuteness of the start of the chapter and then the sudden shift into the drama with Yu-Gi-Oh being collapsed into a heap at the bottom of the stairs and everyone being like, I wonder where he is. Yeah, and I have one piece at number one because yep. I just really enjoyed the setup. I really like everything's in place and yeah. I'm so excited for what's next. But also all the sword stuff is called cool. Zoro's. It's really been a long time, I feel like, since Zoro really got a moment. It might even be in the Thriller Bark arc where he got his cursed sword. 
Yep. That might be the last really cool Zoro moment. There might be one between then and now that I just can't think of. But yeah. it's been very long yeah. years, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Japan with a cool new sword. Yep. Yeah, I honestly had a hard time ranking my top nine, which is the biggest I've ever had a band of like, because usually it's like, ah, I had a hard time ranking like these three or four in this little cluster, but there's usually a couple that are really good, but literally the top nine, I just felt like I'm super excited to see what the next chapters are of these. I thought they had great moments. They each had different beats, like, you know, some had comedy beats that were really good. Some had dramatic beats that were really good. Some had... I was going to say emotional beats and that they did, but some had more like lighthearted beats that were really good as opposed to like a, a dramatic beat. And so just, I really liked this week's chapter or uh, issue of Shonen Jump. All right. And that does it for this week's very good Shonen Jump. We will be back after the break to talk about Sailor Moon volume two. All right, we are back, and we read Sailor Moon Volume 2 this week. Kevin is the person who I assume doesn't own any Sailor Moon merchandise, but then I remembered you have a Loot Crate anime subscription. I still don't. Well, I don't anymore because they went Chapter 11, and I would gotten out before that. But I still don't think I actually own any Sailor Moon stuff specifically. That's almost amazing to me that they never sent anything like that. It is kind of weird, yeah. But anyway, what did you think of this? volume i still really like this volume i had a couple of sequences where the action just got super confusing like sometimes sometimes it works with like you said earlier that dreamlike quality of it and it's like it's not important exactly what's going on in the action so it like all kind of like works together well of like ah stuff's happening okay but there were just a couple of images where i'm like all right so what exactly did he do it looked like he was trying to stab her and then somehow somebody stopped him from doing that by using a thing <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, but then there are other panels. Like I'm thinking of the one where Sailor Jupiter is possessed and tries to grab the Sailor Chris, the silver crystal, and Minako just punts her with that heel while like Usagi is withdrawing back. Mm-hmm. And that panel is incredibly clear action and really good. Yeah, not to take away from your criticism. I'm just saying it's very contrasted. Panels yeah. like that to panels like the one you're talking about, which I know exactly which one you mean. And I had to look at it a couple times, too. Yeah. And like I said, so there were just a couple of times I was like, I'm just I'm very confused. It all seemed to be working very well. And I think, honestly, the the strength of Sailor Moon isn't in the action, even though sometimes it works very well. It's the emotional bits. Yeah. And like the, those work really well. And this is going to be more a thing in volume three, but the way the emotional bits blend into the action yeah. and i mean that's how volume one ends with the big moon healing escalation yeah that's fueled by emotion there's the moment at tokyo tower in the middle of this one that works very similarly yep with, with that where the uh, silver crystal is revealed yep yeah and like you said it's really strong it's super interesting comparing the manga to the anime for a lot of reasons but like in contrast where the anime has these stock motion these stock footage attacks that are super clear yeah compared to their manga inspiration yeah. Like in this particular Sailor Planet attack, we don't even really see what the attack is. 
Nope. They just do it and it works? It's very similar to, honestly, is it Jupiter's thunder attack or am I... No. It's not Jupiter's thunder attack. Jupiter it's... does have the thunder attack. Is so, it? Okay. Yeah. I'm... Supreme thunder, which we did yes. see like in detail in volume one. Yes. But... Or I guess we saw the aftermath of it. More we... than... Yeah, but in this one, it, it just shows her being like, Supreme thunder! And then like, I, I guess she used it. Like there, there's... I distinctly remember one time it was like, Supreme thunder! And she's like holding the little antenna coming out of her tiara. And then it's like, yep, I used the attack. Okay. I it, it wasn't bad. It was just the... I was more used to the anime where it would be like, Supreme Thunder, and they go into that stock footage of like, here's what Supreme Thunder looks like. And we just have that shot that we reuse every time she uses it. And again, it's that thing about manga takes... Like, action in manga takes up so much more space than in anime where you have yep. time to kill. Like, And it gives us a really frenetic pace when we're yep. like almost... We're skipping the impacts in a lot of ways. Like, yep. it doesn't matter that the attack went off and failed. Like, that can be done in a panel. Yeah. Uh, and is. Yep, which gives it, like I said, a real fast motion, but also you can get lost in it. But it gives it a dreamlike quality that I think is intentional and that I really like. Yeah, it it works. Like even that panel that I was talking about, where she used Supreme Thunder, and then we don't really get to see the after effects. Uh, it also worked really well. Like it it I didn't need to see lightning shooting at the dude and then bouncing off his energy shield or getting zoomed into him or whatever actually happened. Like I got everything I needed out of it in a way that I'm not used to with a lot of current shonen manga where they do tend to like for a lot of shonen manga the actual battle is the important part as opposed to like the emotional beats not that the emotional beats don't get drawn but like in demon slayer the action takes center stage as opposed to in sailor moon it's more the other way around yeah it's a real interesting contrast too also to the point of this moving really fast the first volume of sailor moon is mostly setting up characters yeah and so, like, this one, it has to introduce Sailor Venus, kind of, but we've also have from Sailor V, she's pretty established, so yeah. it doesn't take too long to do that, and then it's just go, 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 Yep, which is a quality I really like. And, like, the romance stuff, as, like, corny as it is to say, works really well. Like, yeah. you can really feel, like, those two characters' attraction, and it feels really genuine. Yep. Which is kind of funny, considering they're both like, I'm super attracted to this person, and I don't know why. <laughs> Well, except for it, they're kind of like, hey, like, Usagi's like, I didn't even realize that that's what it was when we would bump into the street and argue. But like, yeah. now it's so obvious to me. Well, I mean, once it's revealed that Tuxedo Mask is the reincarnation of... Endymion. Endymion. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Like, that stuff. But I mean, even before that, they're like, I'm super attracted to this person, and I don't know why. Yeah. Like, this goes way beyond just a simple physical attraction or, like, a passing crush or anything like that. Like, this is really weird. But also, like, plays well as, like, yes. a romance even without the reincarnation yes. stuff. And I, this is a really small note, but I've always super loved the bit where, like, Sailor Venus is pretending to be the moon princess yep. as a ploy. And then it gets, like, seen through almost immediately. And they're like, well, we were hoping to, like, draw this out a little longer. That's why we didn't tell anyone. Yep. But, like, Usagi goes Super Saiyan right away, yep. almost after it, and it gets discarded. I've always super liked that beat. Yeah. Because it, like, obviously Sailor Moon is the Moon Princess. Her name is Bunny Moon. Yes. But also, like, Sailor V is this established hero from before, and so it's a good misdirect both to the audience and in-universe. Yep. And I also like the bit with Luna afterwards of, like, oh, I had initially gone with this plan and then had my memories revoked, but, like, I wasn't expecting... Usagi to get this strong this quickly 
kind of thing. Like she had a lot of unexpected growth and I really liked his beat of like, I should have had more faith in her. Yeah. And I really like kind of Usagi's maturity. Like in particular, I really think of the scene where she's like, Oh, I have to tell my friends that Darian or Darian Mamoru is tuxedo mask. Yeah. But like, I really don't want to. And her internal struggle with that. Yeah. Is really cool. Also, they go to the moon and Sailor Venus gets her cool moon sword. Yep. <laughs> that Sailor Moon in the past, her past life used to kill herself. That's the weapon you want, right? Yes. Uh, I also love the comedy bit where they go to Ami's place and she's got like marble flooring and S- Minako, not even Sailor Venus, just Minako is carrying around this broadsword. Being like, I hope I don't chip any of this marble. I hope I don't chip any of this. Marble. And she trips and yep. chips the marble with the giant stone. Well, yeah, sword. and she's because she's carrying it. She's got like both arms wrapped around the blade of it because she can't wield it like the way it's meant to be wielded so she's holding it super awkwardly and i also like the fact that none of them thought maybe we should like put it in something like i realize you don't have a scabbard for the thing but like wrap it up in some cloth or something like that so that a it doesn't look like you're carrying around a stone broadsword but b you're less likely to cut yourself on it and i also super love the way the moon kingdom is portrayed i mean it's been destroyed so it's like post apocalyptic yep. but as this mix of magic and science that like you can't really even tell yeah. where one begins and where the other ends where they have this hologram projection of usagi's past mother to exposit to them yep. but then it runs out of power yep so it's not there to help them anymore yeah this is very good and there's also just the lovecraftian stuff like i have mixed feelings on the character of queen metalia in yeah. general, but the way she's drawn, yeah, is, very cool. Yeah, and it really evokes that Lovecraftian stuff, and like the way everything drawn in Sailor Moon is super good and fairy taleish. The again, the art is a super strength of it. Yep, like most good manga. Yeah, it's definitely weird because I haven't read much. What is this? Shoujo? shoujo? Yeah, I was like I mean, shoujo. It's I wanted... shoujo, but it's shoujo written by someone who really likes shonen anime. So yes, but it's still that shoujo style, and I was like, I haven't read a whole lot of shoujo but i do really like the style even though it's different than what i'm typically used to reading it's very cool reading it anyway and from a contemporary viewpoint it doesn't look like shoujo manga of the time it's just it's so influential that shoujo manga that comes after it looks like sailor moon yes although it does get into this weird thing where the anime is so popular and looks very different that a lot of stuff looks more like that than this yes like i said just super interesting like anime adaptation because sailor moon was in this weird spot where it was being adapted as it was written but the anime was coming out first yeah just because it was on a weekly production schedule and the manga was monthly so even though the manga is the original content and the stories were all written first the anime is what was actually being viewed first yeah and they diverge in all these super weird ways yep Uh, in addition to the anime having to be weekly and there's things like Queen Beryl gets so much more screen time in the anime, mm-hmm. but also she, in a lot of ways, has more character in the manga because every time she shows up, she's so intense. Yeah. Whereas in the anime, she can sometimes be laconic because she has to send villains of the week out to menace Sailor Moon. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan and the manga is a really intense way to experience it. So. Yeah, it was really good. What were your thoughts on the villains? I know we were just kind of touching on it, but we are ranking villains this month. Yeah. So. Before we get into personality power level, what were your thoughts on like Beryl and Natalia? And I guess the four generals, even though it's mainly Kunzite in this yeah. chapter, and like their relation to Endymion, 
Which doesn't I, show up in the anime for some reason? Yeah, I like the four generals more now. Like the in volume one, they were villains of the week. Here are my four generals. You were defeated by a fifteen year old girl. Burned alive by a fourteen year old yes. girl, Sorry. to be fair. Incinerated in one case. Yep. Who barely understands her powers. Like, these are my four generals, my greatest minions. Your minions suck. To me, it felt more like they were just bad, but now I like understand them a lot more. And it was like, oh, well, it's not like they particularly sucked. It's Usagi is actually really powerful. And because they'd kind of been like corrupted by Queen Beryl, they had lost a lot of the. It happens a lot of time where it's like. Their heart's I, not in it. Yeah. It's. I was actually thinking to. Well. I was thinking about a completely different book series that I don't even know that you've read, but I was thinking back to One Piece with the the Thriller Bark saga, and it's like, well, you have some of these warriors who you have like super strong bodies to be your zombie fighters for you, but like just because you have the super strong body, even the spirits of warriors doesn't mean that it's going to work perfectly. Like their heart's not necessarily in it somebody being ordered to do something isn't going to do as good of a job as somebody who wants to do that thing. Yeah. And the relationship back to Tuxedo Mask like really ties it together in a nice way. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's kind of too bad that the four generals don't come back. I mean, but even Naoki Takeuchi has been like, yeah, I probably could have done something with that. Yeah, it is kind of sad that they're just like, and oh yeah, they were actually like his friends and it's like, oh no, we got corrupted by Queen Beryl and Queen Metallia. It's like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Oh, oh was that it? <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess that was a good beat, but I was expecting a little bit more. I like. I don't know that I like, but there's the weird bit where they all get revived briefly when the silver crystal appears. Yeah. But then they all end up decomposing almost immediately afterward, like because yeah. they can't deal with that much power. And I really like the bit where Kunzite like remembers and figures it out, but isn't strong enough to like overcome Barrel when he confronts her and yeah. ends up being corrupted again. Yeah, well, because essentially she was like, nope, I still have, like, I recreated your body, so I still have control of you. Yeah. And again, I really like the Barrel Metallia dynamic, even though Metallia is a weird character. And Sailor Moon, Naoki Takeuchi loves video games. It has a weird giant space flea from nowhere thing where literally every Sailor Moon villain has another villain behind him. There's always a double queen or a Pharaoh 90 or someone behind the actual villain, which I like from a thematic like no one is innately evil they're all corrupted by some outside force perspective yeah but it does kind of split the villainy in a weird way but i do love that barrel's like no like i'm pretending i want the silver crystal for metallia but i have to hurry and get it before she can yeah so like i'm just using her like that's a super interesting dynamic yeah and even then it she still kind of comes off as i've been like unwittingly corrupted by queen metallia like i'm following her around but i've become so evil that i am planning to pull the wool over Metallia's eyes. Like, if I can get the Silver Crystal, I win. I don't have to give it to Metallia. Yeah. Also, Rental Shop Dark shows up to show you it's the 90s, and of course these guys are evil. They have a blockbuster video. Yep. In the year of our lord, 1994. (laughs) Yep. I also love how, like, Dark Rental Shop 13 is across the street from Dark Rental Shop 2. Like, it's a Starbucks. Yep. Pretty good for say right after Sailor V shows up. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Anything else you want to say about Sailor Moon Volume Two? Not particularly. Like I said, I did enjoy it. I 
for me, this is the first time reading it, and it's been a while since I read volume one, but I was just remembering stuff like, yeah, this is interesting. It's not, I'm not going to say it's my favorite thing of all time, but it's like, I definitely really enjoy reading this, and it's it's a manga style that I don't tip, I, I know this is very shonen, but it's still manga style that I don't typically tend to read, because this one's focused a lot more on the emotions and the the romance for a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know that anything's really like Sailor Moon, though. Like, I think that's one of the reasons it stands out. Yeah. Like, there's definitely stuff more like it, but, like, you're watching Fruits Basket right now, which is way more typical shoujo than Sailor Moon is. Yeah. But it doesn't really... I mean, it is super focused on the emotional stuff, I guess. But other than that, it doesn't read super like Sailor Moon to me. No. Yeah, it is very weird. But I guess that brings us to personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. The best manga character is Uzumaki Naruto from Naruto. The worst is that guy who isn't even Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center at number 22 is Buggy the Clown from One Piece. Excellent. And speaking of Buggy, we're ranking villains this month. We're going for Queen Barrel, right? Yeah. I almost want to pull a swoop and do Tuxedo Mask since he's kind of the villain of this volume and I have more concrete yeah. feelings on him, but we're not doing Metallia. She's barely a character. She's a Lovecraftian evil entity. Yeah. Well, and I would make the argument that it's like, ah, oh, Tuxedo Mask is the villain, except no, he's being controlled by Queen Barrel. So, yeah. like. And it's not Kenzite. I, I like Kenzite okay, but. I, he's there. He's Barrel's sidekick. Yep, he has a beat. So how do we think Barrel compares to Buggy? Buggy has more personality in a lot of ways. There are things I really like about Barrel. We talked about like the way she's trying to play Metallia yep. and just how much bitterness she has also. Yeah. I think I like Buggy a little bit more, even though like we ranked him as a villain, because he's more of that antagonist that just shows up every now and again versus... Metallia actually is a villain. Barrel, like, you mean. Or Barrel. Uh, Metallia is as well. <laughs> but Barrel actually is a villain. Yeah, Barrel in a lot of ways should be Sailor Moon's Joker. And she just gets dealt with like most shonen anime villains do. Yeah. And that she never shows up again ends up hurting her. That she has Queen Metallia behind her is like a layer. Yeah. And like not necessarily a good one, even though I really like her. So I think I agree with you. Yeah. Well, and I also didn't get the resolution of. Yeah. That's part of why Daryl. I didn't want to uh, rank her this week, but we will eventually read volume three. Yeah. And we can adjust her if need be. Yeah. I love the resolution of Beryl and uh, like the way she gets dealt with sort of way. Yeah. And it's, it's not like I don't like her. I just, I think I like Buggy a bit more. She's definitely one of those villains that she's not my favorite villain that I love to hate. But I definitely have the feeling of like, yep, she's totally evil, and like, I I enjoy hating her. The other villain we have on the list is Speed of Sound Sonic, who is another character that's not a pure villain. But I I personally like Barrel more. But I know you're the One Punch Man guy, so what do you think? No, I like Barrel more as well. Like Sonic is literally just a gag character that shows up every now and again, and he doesn't have the personality that Buggy does when he does that. So speaking of this little segment of the list between Buggy and Sonic, what I'm really noticing is a lack of personality. Kind of towards the center is Ichigo. Ichigo does have that bit where he asks what happens if you call it twice, if a miracle only happens once. I don't know if Beryl has any lines that good. Also, Ichigo goes right off a cliff at the end. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't start off that high to begin with. No. I don't necessarily say, like, I read through all of Bleach. And, it like, part of me kind of looks back at it and goes like 
Why? <laughs> because it's, it's really good at the start? Yeah, it's it's and I think that might have been it. Like I got hooked into the story and just wanted to keep going, but like I start thinking about and um, some of the other characters are a lot better, but I'm like why did I get behind Ichigo? Uh because you were a teenager and his feelings are very teenage rebellion and like really like appeal to that mindset, I think. Possibly. But like he doesn't have anything super interesting going on even no. in that. And right above him is Common Rider. I think she's better than Common Rider. Sure. Above him is Maka from Soul Eater. I don't really care for Maka, so I would argue above her. But yeah, but you've also only read the first. It's true. Volume. I was going to say you're more of a Soul Eater guy. So what do you think there? I like Maka a bit more. I like her kind of. I hate boys because my dad was a womanizer. That's thing, true. That's and, very good. And it like it gets explained a lot more, and she has a ton of character growth. So, okay. So then Queen Barrel will go at number 25 above Takashi Hongo, a.k.a. Kamen Rider, and below Maka from Soul Eater. So that does it for this week. Kevin, what are we going to finish off our one-year anniversary with? We are going to finish off our one-year anniversary with My Hero Academia Volume 2. All right. That's exciting because we are both big My Hero Academia guys. Yep. We'll be getting started with, uh, or we'll do that, and then uh, the anime will start almost immediately. Yeah, that's that's good timing. Yeah. I don't super love Volume 2 of My Hero Academia. Maybe I'll like it more rereading it, but like the first My Hero Academia arc, I don't want to say I think it's overrated, because that's a weird thing to say, but as someone who got into it when three were, when two an- seasons of the anime were done and the third one was coming out, I that like first major arc in the dome doesn't do a lot for me. I really like the dome. But we'll talk about that next week. Yep. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emmert. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. If you want to talk to us, you can find our Discord. The link is in the contact page on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. And you should, because Kevin is sad that all anyone talks about is Gundam. Yep, I have no one to talk to in the Discord. I mean, you can talk about 40K. That happens, I feel like, somewhat frequently. Yeah, but not that that happens in our host chat because I don't like... One of the other oh, listeners we, does, like, he we plays did. Battle yeah, that's right. 40K. That's right. So. We had we had that going on for and a And Ed bit. also will yes. chime in. So yeah, you should join us. Talk about 40K. Talk about One Piece. Talk about My Hero. Anime's about to start. Talk about Food Wars. The anime's about to start. Talk about Demon Slayer. I think the anime's about to go on hiatus. Yeah, um, it's uh, just about to end. Se- or I technically season two, like it continued, but gotcha. As to say, because like the pacing, I noticed kind of got slower, and I was wondering if they were going to do it indefinitely. I don't think so. I think they're going to be done after this one. I think they just like they managed to get a twenty-six episode season instead of a thirteen kind of thing. Swanky. I mean, it's been a good season. I got yeah. caught up. So yeah, very solid. Yeah, so come talk to us. Uh, the new anime season looks like it's going to be really good. So we'll have plenty to talk about. Even if you don't read all the manga, and if you do, I don't know why you got this far in the podcast. Tell me how much you like Sailor Moon. Maybe I will finally make that video I've been threatening to do the end of Batman Begins, where Batman goes, Escalation, to go to Moon Healing Escalation, like I've always wanted to do. Nice. Until then, have a great week. 